Welcome back to another episode of Run the Damn Ball. This is your host, Daniel Magnus, and we talk about Nebraska football, college football, other things here and there, but that's mainly our focus. Um, really going to focus on Nebraska today, though, just because I went to the game last weekend in Lincoln against Maryland. I had a good time seeing friends and family. Uh, was had really good seats near where the team runs out on the field. So I saw a lot of it. I had a good time. I can kind of talk about the game. Uh, how things went, and then also, you know, why the things went the way they did for Nebraska. And then on top of that, we're talking about the game coming up this weekend, do some pick for other college football games. And then there's been a bunch of coaching drama. Would that be, you know, uh, people fired at other schools around the country or, you know, Jim Harbaugh stuff. So we're going to get into all that. But first of all, we're going to go Nebraska versus Maryland. This was a really uh, – <laughs> This game was disgusting. <laughs> so, both ways. I mean, Maryland, they're a scrappy team. Um, Talia's a really good quarterback. I think he's going to go play in the NFL someday, uh, probably next year or the year after. I can't remember if he's a junior or senior right now. Good quarterback for them. Obviously, Tua is his brother. He plays for the Dolphins. So probably the best quarterback we played against, in my opinion, this year. Um, I think he's better than J.J. McCarthy. That's probably biased, but I like him. So, um, Maryland was exactly what I thought they would be in that game. Uh, they were able to stretch the field with their passing offense. We'll talk about them first. Had some really good guys we mentioned in last week's podcast. Felton had a big catch down the sideline and then got a touchdown right afterwards uh, to go up 7-0. But Maryland did turn over three times. They had two fumbles and an interception. Uh, two of those turnovers were created by Javen Wright. So, you know, Nebraska was able to, you know, get the ball out, make some big plays on defense in that game. And uh didn't really matter, though, because Nebraska had five turnovers, right? So, I mean, especially if you watch the game, uh, there are four interceptions, three different quarterbacks. It was one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen from Nebraska. So, yeah, no, that's how the game went down. Um, You know, in totality, long story short, I'll get into certain things that, I, that happened that were big, really, but both sides in that game. Um, obviously, Maryland won on a walk-off field goal that was like 25-yarder. It was not very hard for them to make that. Um, but anyway, wasn't too bummed out. I know like watching it on TV is probably a lot more frustrating. Something about being there in person, I, I could try to explain this, but something about it probably depends on the game, too, because I definitely was at some games that were heartbreakers that were in person. But some games, I don't know, it's like it's probably because of <laughs> I've witnessed so many losses, but uh, it's part of it is just being present, yelling for your team, cheering for your team, having fun, like having you know friends and family around when you're at the game, and just like you just have fun and you know. There's other things in life, man. You can't get totally worked up about Nebraska, otherwise it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty rough. So you know, I will die for this team, as I've said before, fully there. But I after the game, you know wasn't terribly you know down i mean maryland played better than we did so it is what it is right um but we'll get into some big things that happened um we're down seven zero at halftime and i thought we had missed out on some points in the first half you know we have the ball at the 27 we go for it on fourth and two with jeff sims running read option and they shut it down so we don't even kick a field goal there and then um Obviously, Harburg had started the game, but he uh, sprained his ankle, so he was out. 
Um, then we have a chance to potentially get three points as we're down 7-0 right before the end of the half. And what was it? Harburg, no, excuse me. Sims just chucked it to the end zone through an interception. So we didn't get three points there that we could have gotten if we kicked the field goal. We were like inside the 30 or 40. I can't remember. Uh, down there, you know, could have got a field goal right before the half. So that's six points we potentially missed out on if we try to play smart on offense, right? Um, so missed out there and then didn't really matter um, because defense came out and gave us 10 points. So uh, opening drive on defense, we create a uh, fumble, I believe. We got a fumble or a pick. can't remember which one came first. But um, then we, you know, go down Janiner and Bonner, jet sweep, touchdown. We've been wanting to see that this year. We finally got it. So it's 7-7. Then I believe Javen Wright had a crazy interception, probably the best pick we've seen from Nebraska this year off a of, uh, bad throw from Talia. Boom. We don't score a touchdown. We still get a field goal. So we're up 10-7. And then Maryland uh, created a turnover off of Jeff Sims fumble, I believe, in the third, late third or early fourth quarter. Can't remember which. And they go down and uh, get a field goal. And we'd also had two drives where we like stopped them uh, on fourth down. So that was really impressive. Weren't able to do it on that last one. I was like, you know what? It's 10-10. It is what it is. Defense has played their ass off. Besides one drive, they have just completely shut down Maryland uh, on most of the time. And then, you know, um, we had an interception from Jeff Sims. So they pull him on that drive going down. Javen Wright gets a strip. Omar Brown, I think, recovers it. And, you know, we got the ball back. It was inside the 10-yard line. Maryland's about to score on us again. That was crazy. And we were thinking, wow, we just had a magical moment. We're going to go down. I was jumping up and around like it was right in front of me. I saw the fumble happen. Purdy comes in at quarterback for the first time, I think, this entire season. <laughs> had three really good run plays. Good pass over the middle to Billy Camp. We have the ball at the 7-yard line, third and goal. Emma Johnson had like a 30-yard run. Everything's going in our direction. Seems like we might finally close out, you know? And what was it? Third and seven. Purdy throws a slant pass to the left. I think it was intended for Billy Kemp running a corner route. Looked like it was going to Malachi Coleman, though. Missed him. Intercepted by Maryland. Their offense has their second best drive of the game and is able to get a field goal. Kicks it. Game over. That's That's what happened in the game. And, you know, what really comes to mind in this game, and it's the debate for a lot of people, is playing to win versus playing smart. And this really goes for both sides of the ball. Playing to win in a game or playing smart in order to win in a game. Both can get you wins. Playing smart is pretty much just all right let's be risk averse let's run the ball if it's not open it's not wide open don't throw it we're just not going to turn it over and if we can't get anything it's fine we're just going to kick a field goal or we're going to punt or playing to win which is like all right we're going to give our receivers a chance you know we're going to take risks we're going to try to you know there's two two different directions you can go about it right and so you know, Matt Rule talked about it on Monday in his press conference. It's like, okay, are you going to play to win on offense or are you going to play smart on offense? Because the smart move, it's third and seven, third string quarterback, doesn't have a lot of experience with the first team right now. And the smart move for Nebraska with the talent they have on offense or lack thereof right now 
would have been to run the damn ball and kick a field goal, go up 13-10, play defense. That would be the smart uh, move. but And also the conservative move. But this coaching staff and this team doesn't want to have the identity of we're just going to go get what we can. They want to go and take the game. They want to go make the big play when they can. Uh, they want to be a good team. They don't want to be an okay team or a, you know, above average team. They want to go be, they want to strive towards greatness is what they're trying to do. And so, you know, I can't be mad that they tried to throw it to, you know, throw into the end zone essentially on that third and goal to try to get seven points instead of kick a field goal and settle for three. I can't be mad. You know what? You got guys who are on the field who have made plays before. Why not try to make them, you know, see if they can make a play here on third and the goal. I can't be mad about it. Trevor Purdy is a four-star QB out of high school. Was he kind of a bust? Probably. Malachi Coleman, four-star wide receivers on the field. Billy Kemp um, hasn't put up a ton this year, but still statistically at Virginia, he was pretty solid. Yeah, guys, you can make plays on the field and you go to them and can't be mad when they mess up because it happens. And, you know, I think what I was saying to my brother on Sunday was like, okay, there's, you know, the issue is there's part of this team that can play balls to the wall play to win and it works because they're really good and that's our defense and there's part of the team which can't do that all the time because they're not good and that's our offense and that's that's the truth and i'm not trying to like single out players i'm not trying to say that you know one half the team's good and one half's bad like there's good players on offense um too like and there's good players on defense it's just that the defense is way above the offense in terms of what they're able to do. And the offense can't go and take a game right now. They haven't really shown that. They can, you know, have a lead and extend the lead uh, or hold a lead, but can they go in when it's tied or when they're down, can they go finish the game? And they really haven't. I'm trying to think back. Have they even done that this year in a game? No, they haven't. The, the offense has not come from behind to, to, to win a game in years at Nebraska. And so, yeah, once again, game tied. We go all the way down. We can't finish the game, you know. So that's – we've seen it so many times. It's frustrating. It is what it is. It's going to change. Hopefully we get a win this season where we're able to do that. You know, Lord willing, <laughs> though we get a bowl game. We'll see. We're 5-5 five and five right now. But, yeah, that's that's uh, where where it's at. I think I've summarized the game enough, really, in terms of like the grand scheme of things here. I mean, that's what I've said. Sometimes you you know, if you have Kenny Bell or Amir Abdullah, you can go take a game. If you have Billy Kemp and Cheba Purdy and Emmett Johnson, it's a lot harder to go take a game. So I like the mindset though. We could have had the Iowa mindset of like, oh, let's just go kick a field goal and play defense, which can work in the Big Ten West. That works. We could have won that way. We could have we could have gone to overtime, and then who knows, right? But this team isn't, you know, the coaching staff isn't striving to be uh, nine and three every year. They're striving to be great. You know, I know that nine and three sounds great. I'd love to get there, but 
you know, they want to be competing for higher things. So that's why they're playing to win in all situations. Can't be mad. Um, let's see here. Defense, defense. I mean, I could just talk about how good some of these guys are. Omar Brown, I really like what he's been doing. Huttmacher's a monster. He's shut down some run plays. Ty Robinson had some big plays. Really impressed. Just fun watching. I, I loved watching our defense on Saturday. Like, that was really fun. <laughs> I love our defense. Um, talked about the missed opportunities. There was two plays where Jalen Lloyd was open. We missed him. We threw picks. Threw one high to Fedoni. Threw one um, high to Kemp. Harburg and Sims were behind those throws. Um, those are we, it's the quarterbacks in general. They just zero in on Kemp and Fedoni, and the Maryland defense is ready for it. They've seen it all year. We zero in on those guys when they're on, when they're on the field, and they just they just pick them off. Put two guys on Fedoni or Kemp, you're probably going to get a pick on a third and long. When we're trying to throw it. Uh, we've seen that way too many times. Um, obviously, we talked about the quarterback fiasco. Harburg got hurt. Sims had some bad turnovers, and then you know Purdy almost closed out the game for us, but wasn't able to get a last drive after that pick. Um, so we've seen the Nebraska offense is bad. Defense is good. Same story. It's the same thing we saw against Michigan state. Really defense played defense played better against Maryland than Michigan state. Of course, nice seeing Buford get a sack on one play too, but really not a whole much, not a whole much uh, more to say about this game. I think, you know, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, um, you know, just part of being a fan of Nebraska, it's like it's really it's just the journey uh, of being a fan, enjoying the journey, uh, appreciating the little things here and there. Um, you know, this team's five and five. They still have a chance to go to a bowl game. Um, if they beat Wisconsin and Illinois loses, or excuse me, if they beat Wisconsin and Iowa loses to Illinois this weekend, then the Big Ten West title is going to be between Nebraska and Iowa on Black Friday. So, do I want to go to the Big Ten title to play Michigan again, or probably Michigan again? In my my fight, I guess. Um, Iowa State's looked better recently, but still, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that'd be a good one. Maybe it'd be nice for this team to show Michigan that they've improved and give Michigan a little bit of a game. But it'd be we'd be crazy to say our offense is able to put up points against them. So um, that that's where it's at. But you know, it'd be nice to as a <laughs> Nice little trophy to have the Big Ten West as ours, but we have to have Iowa lose a game. Uh, or they have to lose to Illinois for us to even have a chance because they beat uh, Rutgers last weekend, so they're eight and two, right? Uh, which is crazy, but um, yeah, no, I think that's pretty much all we can say about Nebraska Maryland. Um, saw a couple of Maryland fans after the game. I didn't really talk to them much, but. They were nice people. Um, I guess I could give a little story time for my game day experience at Lincoln again. It's my first time back since the Wisconsin game of last year. So it had been a while. Um, went to a tailgate, a Houston family tailgate. That was great. That was the morning, Saturday morning venture. Then we walked over to, um, you know, chuck the football around the tailgate. This is under the little overpass by the stadium. Um, had some fun talking to the people. Ran into like an AM fan, made this AM fan wear a Nebraska sweatshirt. Get that crap out of Lincoln. I don't want to ever see people wearing AM stuff in Lincoln. That's crazy. Um, or UT or any of that. Yeah, no. Uh, even though it's funny, I'd see it there. Um, and then, you know, went to the game with my brother David. Um, really fun doing that. We're both diehard Husker fans. 
I don't even know what else to say. It was great uh, just being at the game, man. I, I know, like, people get bummed out when we lose, but it's just great to go to a game in Lincoln. I only got to go to one this year. And then my friend Hayden, this is funny. Oh, shoot, I shouldn't say his name. I guess first name's okay because, like, I'm not going to say his full name, but my friend, uh, he didn't want me to, he didn't want me to, like, he probably doesn't want me to tell this story, and I was going to have him on the podcast. But then again, he wants to, he's kind of worried about his situation because my friend decided to jump the fence and go onto the field during the game, uh, the Nebraska game, of course. And so, I mean, I'm focused on the game. I wasn't really watching, but I guess what he had told me, this is wild. He jumps the fence and is like on the sideline next to the players just because he was bored. And was like, I don't even want to like watch this game. I'm gonna go out and do something crazy because that's just the way his mind works. And so he jumps the fence and is just like on the field. He didn't get like on the playing field of like the you know yard lines, like hundred yard field, right? He didn't get on that, but he was on like the sideline, and I didn't even notice. And then he comes up to me, and I thought he was in the stands, and he's like, I was just on the field, and I was like, Whoa, what? Because we were you know we were close to the field. We had like row one you know, seats near the, you know, 15 yard line, 10 yard line. And he's like, yo, I was just on the field. I'm like, what do you mean you're on the field? He was like, yeah, I was just kind of like walking around and someone saw me. So I jumped back over the fence. I was like, yo, what are you doing? Like, it was so funny. And I thought he was joking. I kind of believed him too, because he would do something like that. And then I saw a cop walk up and like grab his arm. And I was like, oh, he really did just jump on the field. And so I don't blame him. The Big Ten is super boring, and it's I don't blame him for running on the field. Um, yeah, I don't blame him. So he got walked out of the stadium. And they just told him not to come back, and then he snuck back into the stadium with someone else's ticket, and then was back. And I was like, "What's up, dude? You're back. Let's go." And then I looked over. The cops saw him and came back and got him. And then he got arrested. And then my other friend had to go, like, pick him up, and he had to pay a fine. I thought it was a funny story. Big Ten football so boring, people out here getting arrested. That's a, that's the real story. Um, offense needs to get better. That, that's really what's going on here. So uh, he is responsible for his actions, of course. But anyway, uh, after the game, went to Beer House. This is a German, uh, you know, bar, Beer House uh outside of the stadium and in the haymarket area went to beer house brought my football with me um uh, that i brought to tailgate had it in the game brought it to beer house and at one point they're playing like live music and we're just throwing the football around beer house you know it was a good time seeing friends i had some friends from omaha you know, come to the game and um so that was fun and then shoot i mean i went to a road trip back in 2021 with a bunch of friends some of them that i didn't even know at the time that i become friends with and they all happened to just have tickets like two rows away from me in, in my section so that was crazy um when we were at the game but I was with friends all day and then i lost my football i had a nebraska logo on it too i lost my football at mckinney's uh that night and that's on me i was being too generous kind of throwing it around with random people and then i lost somehow i lost i guess someone took off of it so a little bit bummed i lost my football a little bit of bummed the huskers lost but that was this experience of you know, another Saturday in Lincoln. Um, I don't live, I live in Texas now, so I don't live there anymore, but it was nice going up to see family and friends. So 
Thought I'd share the journey, you know, as part of the journey of being a fan, right? I mean, it all started for me back in 05 in the Alamo Bowl when I was six years old. So another game in person uh, means a lot to be able to do that. So um, up next, we got Wisconsin. Um, we'll talk about that game coming up, and then we'll talk about some other college football stuff. Okay, so Wisconsin, I'm, like, disappointed in, like, the direction that they've gone in terms of like what they're capable of and what they're doing now. Obviously I don't want Wisconsin to be like this great team because I'd like Nebraska to beat them and like us to be great. Cause I'm a Nebraska fan, but they had a really thing good. Uh, they had a really good thing going in the 2010s and it is completely fizzled out for them. I thought they had a really good formula. And they kind of put that by the wayside because they want to, you know, modernize, and I guess they're being a passing team now with Fickle with their head coach and their OC and everything. So I think they could be so much better than what they are. And because I, what I've seen them do, um, you know, against Nebraska, they, they had that season where they went 12 and two, I think in like 2017, they've had some really good years. I think their ceiling is higher than Iowa's too, but they've like really dipped off the last couple of years. You could blame Paul Christ. You could blame, you know, people figuring them out, their lack of power run game. I think Braylon Allen had a really good freshman year, but I don't think he's actually built to be a running back long term either. I mean, that's why he's been hurt on and off the last two years. I think he's hurt right now. I'm not really sure if he's going to play against Nebraska. Just interesting to see them go from like the top team in the Big Ten West for a lot of years to, you know, five and five right now and they got a talented offense i'd say they got some really good receivers mordecai i think is a solid quarterback he hasn't had the best year but so they're an interesting team they just like got whacked by northwestern last week which is they lost 24 to 10 their one touchdown was in garbage time so it's crazy to see i mean talk about northwestern real quick whoever their interim is braun that guy should be their head coach he's in my opinion he's gonna do better than fitzgerald did in the if they keep him in long term. So uh that's a hot take, I guess. But anyway, they're coming off a 24 to 10 loss to Northwestern. I think they got Mordecai was back at quarterback last week. He started the season, got hurt. Locke came in as their backup QB, true freshman to Austin, Texas. And then now Mordecai's, you know, he started last week. So I guess he's going to start again. Of course, he was playing at SMU last year. After starting his career at OU as well, never was a starter at OU, of course, but uh, now he's at Wisconsin. I think he's going to be the guy we go against. Mentioned Braylon Allen is out. Um, one of the worst names in college football, Ches Malusi. He tore his ACL this year, so we don't have to worry about him. And then Acker, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Like Jackson Acker is their starter right now. And then they have some good wide receivers. Uh, Pauling, Will Pauling's good. Uh, Skyler Bell. Bryson Green, those are some good wide receivers they have that we'll have to, you know, do well against. They can pop off here and there, but still their offense is pretty average at best. We should shut them down this weekend. Our defense is good enough to shut them down. It's going to be a 630 NBC kickoff. I'm excited about a night game. Haven't had one of those in a while. Um, so Wisconsin strength is their defense. If they can turn the they can force Nebraska for three or more turnovers, they're going to probably win this game, especially at home. So Nebraska, to win this game, it's simple. Just run the damn ball. Don't turn it over with stupid 
ass turnovers, which we've been doing, and just try to play your best game. Against Purdue, for the most part, they played their best game. Against Northwestern and uh, Illinois, for the most part, besides some stupid fumbles here and there, they played their best games throughout the season uh, in that three-game stretch. And we haven't really seen it since besides defense last week. And so hopefully we can get together against Wisconsin. I would say, you know, talked about Wisconsin enough as, you know, their team. I think their formula for winning should be run the damn ball and play defense, which they did for years. But I guess they're going to try to air it out here or there. I think the weather's going to be warm enough for them to do that in Madison this weekend. For Nebraska, in terms of like what I want to see them do, besides, of course, limiting turnovers, dude, Anthony Grant, we got to get him the ball more. Emmett Johnson, you saw him pop off for a run last week. We need more Emmett Johnson. I think Harburg's going to be out with his ankle sprain this week, so we got two quarterbacks right now, Jeff Sims and Cheba Purdy. The one thing I like about Sims right now is his pocket presence is better than the other two quarterbacks, I'd say. But that's all he's got. His decision-making throwing the ball is atrocious. I don't want to see him ever throw the ball past like 20 yards again. And he fumbles it way too much. So I don't want to see Sims out there at QB based on what we've seen. I know Purdy's a little bit banged up, according to Matt Rule. That's what he said, I think, today. I don't care. We need Purdy. <laughs> like That's the only quarterback I want right now at the game, okay? Either Purdy or, like, Wildcat with who could we put in at Wildcat QB? I don't even know. There's probably, like, maybe just running backs only. I It's really bad right now with what we got. But Trevor Purdy, go in there. Just wing it. I don't really care. Don't throw it downfield. Just be smart. We got to use Fleeks. We got to use Lloyd more. Um Try to get those guys involved in jet sweeps and also the passing game. Don't and we can't keep staring down Fedoni and Kemp when we're trying to throw the ball because that just creates interceptions. Teams know that we got to find Jalen Lloyd downfield. Got to mix things up. I'd like to see seventy percent run game on Saturday. Um, just run the damn ball and play defense. We just I just want to go to a bowl game this year really bad. Okay, I know we're trying to you know, be audacious on offense and chuck it downfield sometimes. And that is just not, we don't have the guys to do it. I said it earlier, we don't have a single guy. If we're throwing a jump ball to Alex Bullock, he's going to get 3% of those. It's, that's really low percentage. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I love our guys. It's just, we don't have the guys to be, uh, to be aggressive on offense unless we're running. So like to see more of Janiron Bonner, of course, I'd say that like every week. But that's enough. That's enough for me on this game. That's what I want to see. I think it's going to be really close. If our defense can keep up, uh, keep it up, I say we win this game. Um, best case scenario, Nebraska wins by maybe a score and a half. So it'd be like 10 points. Could come down to the wire, of course. We're used to that. I'm going to go ahead and say... Nebraska wins 19 to 10 because I think Mordecai is going to throw some picks. And so I'm banking on that. He's had some turnover stuff in in the past as a quarterback. So I'm going to say 19 to 10, Nebraska gets a safety, the first safety in a long time. Luke Grimer is going to get a safety. Offense is going to be able to put up 17 points in large part to the defense. And they'll give up a touchdown pass. 
might give up more than 10. It could be like, shoot, it could be like 17, 17 going down to the wire. I, I say 19 to 10, Nebraska wins. I'm biased. All right. Y'all know that. <laughs> so low scoring, ugly football game. That's what I see. Nebraska gets to a bowl win. First win over Wisconsin since 2012, which is also sad, but hey, got to get them when you can. So that's my that's my take on the game this weekend. You got to move on to some college football stuff, though. We have coaches getting fired. So we're going to start off with my favorite one, my favorite story of coaches getting fired. And that's at Arkansas. And <laughs> I have to look up who their football coach is because I really don't pay attention to them at all. They're kind of one of the worst te- or one of the lesser teams in the SEC West. Um, who is their head coach? I don't. E- Sam Pittman. Yeah, he just got fired, uh, I believe, like today or yesterday. But wait, that hold on. Sam Pittman got fired, right? I swear I saw he got fired. Oh, I guess it was a rumor. Oh shoot, did I get did I get hooked into a rumor? Oh my gosh. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about Sam Pittman and his Arkansas team is because they had a video at halftime of Polar Express was playing on one of their TVs at halftime when they were getting destroyed by I believe it was who they Auburn was killing them. And in the locker room, they're playing the Polar Express movie on the TV at halftime. They're getting killed. And so I guess Sam Pittman didn't get fired. I I guess I got I guess I got hoodwinked. Okay, my bad. He didn't get fired, but he should get fired because <laughs> what a good story. He probably will get fired after you know, I think he's got a talented team and they're just playing like garbage. So they got beat like 48 to 10 by Auburn, who's average SEC team right now. So that's wild. Um, I just thought it was worth telling on the podcast. It's a funny story. Uh, moving on to Texas A&M. They just fired Jimbo Fisher. This is wild. Okay. So I am an A&M hater. Y'all, if you listen, you know, I respect their loyalty as fans. I, um, I know people who are AM fans who are really good people. So I, you know, I want to say that. I want to be nice sometimes. But at the same time, I knew that this Jimbo Fisher thing was a complete dumpster fire from the beginning. I remember when I was in high school, I, you know, I'm from here in Texas. And I remember when they hired Jimbo, I think it was like 2017 or something, they hired Jimbo. And all these Aggies were like, oh, we got Jimbo. And. We're going to pay him all this money, and he's going to give us a natty. No. Okay. This is the thing. I saw what happened at Florida State with him, and that was toxic. He had Jameis Winston and a bunch of other talented players who got him a natty. He didn't do, uh, he didn't do a whole lot. He, just, he had the players to give him a natty. And then after he won a championship with Florida State in 2013, he – ran that program into the ground. They were like seven and six or like seven and seven his last year there. The players of Florida state hated him. And so he got, or he left or he got, I don't know what happened. I don't think he got fired, but he just left because it was a dumpster fire. Um, he couldn't sustain winning at Florida state, which shows you're the problem. Okay. Florida, we got way too much talent to be that bad. Right. In that state as a power five school. So, 
he moves on to AM, and because he won a natty, they dropped a bag on him. I don't know. I think he got original contract, and then, and then I think he got it, it extended after he beat Bama in like 2020 or 2021, something like that. So he had a ridiculous fat contract. And I remember when he first got it, AM fans I knew were like, I can I can think of one specific person who um who it was. He was like a coach or something at my school. And he was like, yeah, we just hired Jimbo. We're going to like, he's probably going to get us a natty. Biggest contract ever. And I told him, I told him exactly what I just said about him at Florida State. I knew this was going to happen. I don't care he beat Bama once or twice. This team was always underperforming. And they were always just so up and down. They lose to like everybody in the SEC West, except for maybe like two teams. And Jimbo was acting like, you know, he'd go beat Bama and then he's acting like he's you know, hot stuff. No, I, I'm happy he's gone. Um, but A&M is screwed because they have to pay him 20 million before the end of this year, calendar year. And he's going to make 7 million per year until 2031. I'm going to be 32 years old in 2031. That is hilarious. Okay. I just, most of y'all probably heard that, but if you hadn't heard that, it's hilarious. Okay. Um, also, Mississippi State fired their coach. They lost 51 to 10 to AM last weekend. Um, and, you know, part of Jimbo Fisher getting fired was, well, his contract was insane. So they expected high things from him. But AM has unrealistic expectations for what they should be. What have they ever done historically? Exactly. So they've done nothing <laughs> historically. Uh, so. What have they won? Have they ever won an SEC title? Uh, no. Have they ever won a Big 12 title? They won in like 98 or 99. You know, yeah, they won in 98 because Nebraska won in 99. And then, so that's one Big 12 title I think they had. Ever. Did they ever win one after that? I don't recall. Maybe they won two total, but they really only won. Um, they haven't won a natty since like World War One. So they have done absolutely nothing ever. They are in the like hotbed of Texas talent. They're like in between Austin, Dallas, and Houston. So they should be able to get talent, you know, whenever they want. And they do. It's just that with Texas going to the SEC now, they're still going to be number two. OU steals some of the players out of Texas. Everyone from everywhere who's big recruits from Texas. And so they've just, you know, they have the fan support. They have the money but they don't have the team and they never really have. I think there's the potential is there for them to be a top 15 program in terms of like resources, but historically they've never done it. And because they're kind of a cult, I don't really want to root for them to do it. So that's my take on them. But I think it should be said, I mean, the people far away that, you know, A&M is not as big as it is, but if you're in Texas, you understand how big the fan base is. So funny to dive into here and there. Um, next on this is, on the list is Michigan. So obviously Harbaugh got suspended last Friday uh, from the Big Ten. Their suspension is that he cannot be on the sidelines at games the rest of the Big Ten season. I don't know if that includes the Big Ten title. That probably is up in the balance because – you know, who knows if they're going to make it. they got to beat Ohio State. Um, they play Maryland this weekend, but they should win that probably. Um, but what I was going to get to is I, I don't want to dive too much into Michigan and Harbaugh because 
still a lot we got to figure out. There's an NCAA investigation going on uh, with Michigan football and Harbaugh right now. That's going to play out. There could be penalties involved. There are two things I want to dive into, though, a little bit. Um, I think Michigan's going to get screwed over, and Harbaugh could just potentially go to the NFL this next year. So that's something to watch out for. Um, that's going to, you know, Michigan's going to be taking the fall for him being a negligent head coach and being corrupt. Um, that's possible. Also, I feel like Michigan, you know, with, with that being said, Michigan's administration seems like they're just so steadfast that they're not going to do anything to Harbaugh. Like, really, based on the evidence that's out there, a lot of schools would suspend their coach. But because he's been winning so much, He's got a lot of power. They don't want to do that. And so the suspension is really just a big pen suspension, not a school suspension. So he's coaching during the week, doing all the same stuff. He just can't be on the sideline at games. So I don't know. I think the NCA, I mean, there's a whole uh, thing that came out today that basically there's an investigation that there was some sort of you know sports betting going on within the program where because they were able to scout other teams play calls, they could kind of predict um, what they were going to do and that they could potentially like predict the score better. And so they had like coach people on staff, like betting. Um, I think that that's really not that deep and probably nothing is going to come of that, but we saw some stuff, you know, go down with Iowa and Iowa state this past year, or I guess right now, really with sports betting. So with their players, sports betting. So who knows? I hope I explained that well enough, but I guess that kind of thing is going on potentially with the Michigan staff, just certain members of the staff are potentially involved with uh, doing that. So that's a whole thing that that could get them in trouble. I don't know. I'm not rooting against Michigan. I just don't really want to pull for cheaters. Like, you know, if you're going to go to the playoff and represent the big 10 and you're, you know, cheating against big 10 schools, no one likes you if you do that. And, you know, you probably maybe you saw the Harbaugh presser this week. He's completely delusional. I just think he's trying to piss people off. Really, uh, it's not that deep. But, <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of how I see it right now. I think it's fun to, you know, talk about that a little bit. There's just so much that could come out in the next two months. I don't want to speculate too much. So we're going to move forward uh, right now. I think we'll do some pick em, of course. And I mean, it really should be everything. I, I know there were some really good games this past weekend. I was either at the Nebraska game or I was with friends, so I didn't really watch a ton. I think it was interesting to see UCF destroy Oklahoma State in the rain in Orlando. And then Oklahoma put up a ton of points against, uh, who did they play? West Virginia. So, and they got a win. So it's kind of crazy how the Big Ten, the Big 12, especially is just a whole lot of just beating the crap out of each other this year. And that's kind of normal for the big 12 too. just wild. How things can change week to week in college football. I mean, for a couple of weeks, I was sure Nebraska would get a bowl game by now, you know, have their sixth win and they just lost two close games. So it's a wild sport, but we'll do some college football pick them for this weekend. There were some good games from last weekend, but I don't really want to, there's only, there's only so much you can cover, right? Like, we've been talking about so much Nebraska stuff, too. Um, Maryland, Michigan, definitely going to have Michigan win that game. I really don't expect Maryland to do too much. Michigan's just too good. I'll be rooting for them, though. 
Uh, Rutgers, Penn State. I definitely think Penn State's a better team. Um, they gave Michigan some trouble last week. I mean, they weren't going to win that game, I don't think. Lost by nine, but I'd say Penn State wins that one. Louisville, Miami. Louisville had a close win on Thursday night last week against Virginia. I'll take James and Miami. Give me upset win for Miami. Oklahoma, BYU. Give me Oklahoma. BYU is kind of flip-floppy, and they're also not very good. It is going to be cold in Utah this weekend. Could be a wild football game, but after seeing what Oklahoma did against uh, West Virginia, and also West Virginia like destroyed BYU, by the way, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, give me Oklahoma. Michigan State, Indiana. Oh, these teams are both 3-7. and seven. I'll spare you guys. We're not even going to try to get into that. <laughs> give me Michigan State, actually. Purdue Northwestern. God, Big Ten West is awful. Give me Purdue. Actually, I think they're hot right now. They just put up a ton of points on uh, who they beat last week. And shoot, I forgot. Minnesota. Yeah, they beat Minnesota by like 20. SMU Memphis this weekend. I didn't even know the game was at 11. Yeah, give me SMU. Go ponies. Pony up. Oh, this one's fun. Hawaii at Wyoming. That's going to be the greatest geographical matchup in the history of the world. Um the Mountain Cowboys versus the Rainbow Warriors. Give me Hawaii's kind of hot right now, by the way. They just beat Air Force. And Wyoming, they've been battling injuries this year. Ah, give me Wyoming. Close, close, uh, close game. Utah versus Arizona. Arizona's ranked right now. They're 21 in the nation. They've had a really good uh, last couple weeks, especially against Colorado, winning by three. Give me Utah on a close win over Arizona. Utah's looking tough. They gave Washington a good one last weekend as well. Cincinnati, West Virginia. This is a Big East rivalry, I guess. Not, a, I mean, not really a rivalry, but good to have Big East teams, you know, back at it now in the Big Twelve. Give me West Virginia, of course. I like their defense, even though they got throttled by Oklahoma. Up next, got Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee got embarrassed by Missouri, which I did not see coming. So give me Georgia winning by. A wide margin. Uh, we'll do this one. Wake Forest, Notre Dame. You know, Sam Hartman's old uh, old school. Give me Notre Dame. Wake Forest is four and six. Don't really believe in them. Illinois, Iowa. Illinois is kind of popping off right now. They had a big win over Indiana, which for them is a big win. Um, give me Illinois' offense, actually, over Iowa. Go Illini. North Carolina, Clemson. Give me North Carolina. I don't really like Clemson because – they're the worst form of Clemson we've seen in a while. So give me North Carolina. UCLA, USC. I think UCLA, they just lost to Arizona State. Give me USC. I think they finally get a win. Their last game of this of the regular season is this weekend. So give me them. Up next, Baylor and TCU. There's a lot of – I like all these games. I know some of these games are probably not too inter- uh, interesting to some people. Give me TCU over Baylor. Baylor is atrocious this year. Um, NC State, Virginia Tech. Give me Virginia Tech. Actually, I, they've been impressive this year for you know with what they have. They're five and five with, I'd say, uh, lacking offense, but they put it together this year. Minnesota, Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. Don't even question that. Oregon, Arizona State. Give me Oregon. Oklahoma State, Houston. It's a fun matchup. Oklahoma State should win. Bounce back game. UCF, Texas Tech. Each team is five and five, trying to get to a bowl game. Kind of like UCF. After seeing what they did at Oklahoma State, I think they're popping off at the right time. They got some talent on offense. Give me UCF. That game's in Lubbock, too. That's wild. 
Kansas State, Kansas. Ooh, give me – Kansas State's tough right now. I say give me Kansas because I want them to win, but that, that's going to be close. Kansas State's a little bit more on fire right now. Washington, Oregon State. Oregon State's 8-2. I didn't even know. They're number 12 right now. Okay. Yeah. I think their ranking might change after tonight. But Washington, give me them over Oregon State. Should be close. Florida versus Missouri. Florida's a weird team, but I think Missouri – no, screw that. I don't like Missouri. Let's go Florida. Upset win. No, we're, I just remember that Florida lost to Arkansas. Absolutely not. Let's go Missouri with the win here. Their defense. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Nebraska, Wisconsin already called that one. Texas, Iowa State. Oh, that's sneaky. And it's on the road and it's cold. Give me Texas, but Iowa State's going to give them everything they can. And that should be all the games. All right. Yeah, that was a lot of games I just tried to pick. But anyway, um, Nebraska, please get to a bowl game so I can feel okay about you guys. <laughs> That's really all I got to say. Thanks for listening. It's been Run the Damn Ball, Daniel Magnuson. Uh, I guess we're doing this every week now. So thanks for listening.